Welcome everybody to Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and I am your host. Thank you everybody for downloading us this week, and uh, we really appreciate y'all being there for us. Uh, First of all, I'd like to apologize for the lateness of this podcast. It's being posted a, a day late. This is the third time that I have recorded this podcast this week. And uh, for that, I would like to thank Mr. Gates and the team in Redmond for such a fine, fine operating system. Uh, I'm recording this over on my Linux machine because of uh, issues with the Microsoft box. So uh, this machine is not exactly set up for this yet. So if there are any quality issues, I do, do apologize. Okay, so once again, welcome everybody, and let's get to the uh, the list of folks that have checked in on the Frapper map this week. Uh, y'all are really filling that thing up. Pretty soon I'm going to have worked all states, and I'm well on my way to worked all continents. Uh, we might even get worked all Europe before it's over. Uh, I know there's no awards for these things, but, you know, you guys really don't know how much it motivates me to keep doing this podcast, just seeing new pins in the map every week. Okay, so uh, folks that have checked in this week, uh, we have Will in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. I'd like to say a big hello to Will out there. Lonnie, uh, N0PCZ in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Uh, That's one of them places I guess we don't hear of down here, like uh, I'm sure they've never heard of Balt Springs up there. Uh, Hello to you, Lonnie. Uh, Robert down in Houston. We uh, finally have some folks starting to show up down in Houston, Texas. And Robert stuck a pin in there saying that he's looking to learn. Well, Robert, you stay tuned. We're going to try and get you some information on... uh, how to get going and uh, uh, really hope it'll be uh, useful for you. The unidentified listener list for this week, we've had folks check in from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, San Francisco, California. California's finally showed up. I figured as many hams as there are out there, we'd already had a bunch, but uh, San Francisco has finally showed up. We've had three more folks uh, stick a pin in the map from Lisbon, Portugal. Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, guys down there on the on the tip. Uh, good to good to know y'all are in there. Uh, aside from Robert, we also have six more Houston stations checking in. Three in Washington D.C. They're probably all at the FCC. Big hello to you guys. Uh, two in Aurora. Colorado, uh, three in Middletown, New York, and last but not least, we have station checking in from Emerald, Victoria, Australia, and that's the list of folks that have put a pin in the Frapper map this week. If y'all haven't been over to the Frapper map, uh, y'all go ahead and uh, ease over and check it out. You can uh, get there by going to the page for the podcast here, which is kb5jbv.blogspot.com. kb5jbv.blogspot.com. 
And uh, y'all go ahead and stick your pen in, put a call sign on there. We'll call you by name and call sign if you stick your information in there. Okay, uh, listener comments and tips. Okay, that brings us to that. You guys listening, a lot of y'all are experienced amateur radio operators. Y'all have been around a while. And uh, we sure would like to hear... uh, some of those little hints and tips that y'all have uh, discovered along the way, you know, uh, as far as putting up antennas or uh, getting a certain piece of software to work, or even if you run across uh, websites or uh, user groups or mailing lists that have uh, come in handy and helpful for you, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email with some of that information. We'll get it on the show here. And in fact, for those of y'all who uh, who want to send or have the capability to do uh, make a little audio file, uh, if you'll send them, attach those to an email and send them on in, we'll uh, we'll give them a listen and uh, insert them right into the podcast. Uh, it's kind of easy easy to do that and gives everybody an opportunity to hear somebody else's voice, but mine. Uh, so y'all go ahead and get those in. All right, perspective. Uh, y'all, I'm reading off my list here, y'all. It's been kind of a hectic week. Uh, I would like to hear from some of you listeners outside the United States what amateur radio uh, is like in your country. Here in the U.S., we're kind of insulated where that's concerned. We don't hear a lot about uh how things are going in other countries. We know that Germany has a really strong amateur radio uh, organization out there. And, uh, you know, I've always been partial to news out of Great Britain because you guys out there in the the GBR, y'all always, uh, y'all always have been the uh, kind of the leaders in digital communications as far as amateur radio. You know, uh, I've run uh pzt's uh bulletin board and uh, x router and uh none of us can mention packet radio without g8 bpq so um you guys in australia great britain portugal china germany and canada y'all uh y'all shoot me an email or two let me know uh how amateur radio is going on in y'all's country because uh that really interests me and i bet it would listen it would interest some of our other listeners also this past weekend uh here in the city of mesquite texas we had the 50th annual mesquite rodeo parade mesquite rodeo is kind of a big thing for us because way back when uh the mesquite and balt springs area were uh a far out suburb of dallas uh, the rodeo parade was really the biggest v- event in town, and to some degree, still is. We have a convention center and all these other things now, but um, the rodeo is still near and dear to our hearts. So we went out there this past weekend and uh, did our per- public service thing. Operated radios down there for them. Met a lot of nice folks. Uh, renewed some old acquaint- acquaintances and. 
Uh, let me tell you, any public service event you can get through that the word ambulance is not mentioned on the radio one time is a good public service event. So we really had a lot of fun out there. I've got some uh, audio from the Mesquite, uh, the North Mesquite Big Blue Marching Band. And I'll, as soon as I can get that trans transferred over to digital media, I'll uh, give you all a little taste of that. I won't bore you with it. But uh, we also have a little bit of audio from the Petite, Potate High School marching band also. Uh, I hate to leave out the other two, but I didn't get up there early enough to, to get any audio off of them. <laughs> but we've, uh, we'll, we'll look to getting, uh, getting some of that next time. Okay, this week we have, uh, we have an interview with Herman. KE5HYW. Uh, he is the local net manager here in this area, in the DFW area, for um, the NTS. And he's going to talk with us a little bit about the national traffic system. I have another. Uh, short segment I'm going to insert before that, but y'all hang around, and when we get through with that, we'll go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll that interview with Herman. So y'all hang in there, and we'll be back in just a, just a few. Okay, I figured I'd do a little short segment myself uh, this week on some information that um, it took me a little while for me for it to dawn on me, and uh, I really need to uh, address this issue. It um, actually dawned on me that some of our listeners are probably not licensed radio operators at this time, and they're listening to the podcast so that they can. Uh, maybe learn a little bit and possibly uh, move towards getting their amateur radio license. So for those guys, I wanted to take a few minutes and discuss uh, how one gets into amateur radio. Okay, The uh, most important thing of all, if you uh, have access to people, you know people that are amateur radio operators, is to get with them and let them kind of guide you along through the process, help you out as it were. Uh, however, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks out there, uh, don't know anybody who's actually in the amateur radio service. I myself didn't really know anybody. Uh, I grew up listening to shortwave broadcasts on my old Halicrafter shortwave receiver and stuff like that. And uh, my father always had a desire to be an amateur radio operator, and I kind of gravitated that direction. I was in that other radio service we don't talk about for a long time. And when the opportunity arose, I went ahead and uh, studied for my license and stuff. But by that time, my father was already licensed and had uh, several friends around him that were licensed. So they were able to guide me in the right direction. For those who don't have anybody around that can guide them in the right direction, it's kind of hard to get started. So we'll throw a little information out here and see, see if we can't help that along. First and most importantly, you need to find out uh, what information you need to know to be able to find or to pass uh, amateur radio examination. 
uh, testing for amateur for amateur radio licenses now consists of a written test and there is no other requirement uh, as far as I can tell other than the minor stuff being a US citizen and all this other stuff but uh, as far as testing is concerned you're simply gonna have to take a written test they're not extremely hard and getting the information is probably going to be one of the more difficult things but there's ways to get around that first of all if you have an amateur radio store in your area uh, go walk on in there and look at the bookshelf and there'll be license manuals on that bookshelf you can pick one up walk on out with it and uh, as long as you paid for it you won't get arrested then you can sit down and study on that thing and then all you have to do is find a test for those of you who uh, don't have an amateur radio store within driving distance which is most folks because the major metropolitan areas have amateur radio stores but um, you get out of anything any of the large cities it's more difficult to run across the kind of stuff you need so the second option is to get on the internet and look for that information um, there are several sources to get licensing manuals and that kind of stuff uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is the ARRL. Uh, the ARRL, or the American Radio Relay League, is the National Amateur Radio Organization. Uh, it's kind of like a great big giant amateur radio club. But they do have a very extensive website, which includes a bookstore. And in that bookstore, you can find licensing manuals. Um you can order them online have them shipped to you and then you're ready to go and not only do the uh, technician class uh, materials not only are the technician class materials there but there's also materials there for the general and the extra class and that kind of stuff another source for uh, this stuff that comes to mind also because they're based locally here is the W5YI group W5YI group here in uh, the DFW Metroplex are uh, they're primarily concerned with licensing and all radio services and offering uh, stuff like that but they do have a web page and you can go on over there and order study materials study guides that kind of stuff uh, used to you could go into Radio Shack but they don't want to do anything but sell cell phones anymore so we're not even going to bother with them. Maybe they need to associate themselves with that team in Redmond. Okay, so having given you that information, okay, you've got the materials, you've studied, now what? Well, the now what is you find yourself a test session. Now, testing sessions are even easier to get your hands on than the study materials. Uh, over at the ARRL website or the W5YI website because they're both volunteer examining coordinators which means that they certify the volunteer examiners um, they both keep lists of their groups and where and when they give tests 
So if you go over to the ARRL website and check out test sessions over there, you can get a complete list of test sessions in your area and, you know, roughly when, where, and how they are. Uh, also at the W5YI group, they also have a list of test sessions in your area that um, you can go that are affiliated with their group and you can go on down and test with them. Uh, all the testing on the person on the side of the person taking the test is pretty much the same. You got to show up with your driver's license and that kind of stuff and they'll be able to give you that information. Uh, as you're looking through uh, the information or contact the VE group in question. So you've studied for it, you've gone down and you've took the test. After that, all you really have to do is keep an eye on the FCC database and as soon as your call sign shows up, you're on the air. Okay, so where are these places? Well, you can Google for them or I can give you the uh, web addresses right here. The web address for the American Radio Relay League is www.arrl.org. www.arrl.org. The web address for the W5YI group is www.w5yi that's whiskey 5 yankee india dot org org both of these are org i think if you hit net or com on a rl it goes ahead and puts you on through but um, they're both org so now you uh, now you have a little information on where to go find the stuff now you have a little information on where to find the tests. I would also suggest that you try and find out if there's a local amateur radio group in your area, a local amateur radio club, and see if you can hook up with them because a lot of them guys will do their best to help you out, help you get on the air, and then when you do get on the air, you'll know a few people so you won't be so shy. All right, that pretty much covers... Uh, getting the information and stuff and getting your license so with that we're going to go ahead and uh, and move on to the next segment i think all right everybody this week we are speaking with herman k5hyw and he's going to talk with us this uh, this week about the national traffic traffic system. Uh, Herman is the net manager for our local VHF NTS net here, the DFW Traffic Net. Uh, he and his uh, co-net managers are able to handle two nets a day every single day of the week, and that right there is an accomplishment in itself. Uh, Hello and thank for, thanks for joining us on Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, Herman. Well, hello to you, Richard, and thanks for having me on. Well, you know, we, we finally connected. I was kind of concerned that we weren't going to at some point, but hey, you, you know how it goes. Well, let's jump right on into it. What is NTS? 
Well, the NTS is the National Traffic System. It's um, one of the two arms of the ARRL, Public Service Communications Organization. And it basically handles the relay of message traffic in uh, radiogram message format from one point in the U.S. to another point in the U.S. Okay, well, maybe we can... Well, before we dig into that... Uh, Maybe you can clarify some for some of the new guys that really haven't been around that long. What is traffic? Well, traffic is not like you find out on the highway. It's um, message traffic, and it's basically a format, formatted message called the radiogram, which was developed by the ARRL back in the late 40s, I believe, and it's primarily used to standardize the information contained within a radiogram which is for all intents and purposes very much akin to the old Western Union telegraph message. It's just um, it's got a preamble that contains some administrative information about the message itself. It's got the address portion that lists where the message is going, the individual to whom it's to be delivered, and then it's got the um, message body itself and a signature and that's the basically it yeah the great thing about those radiograms is uh, you got all that information at the top and makes it a really easy to keep things straight when you're, when you're moving it back and forth well okay so we've got this radiogram and we've got this uh, message traffic that goes on them so how would one move a message from like point A to point B or beginning to end well, there's two ways to handle that. Um, primarily, a traffic handler would do that, and there's nothing special to being a traffic handler, just an interest in participating in the national traffic system. And you take the information contained within, uh, or you actually just take the information that the person wants to send to the recipient of their choice, and through the use of numbered message text if that's appropriate or just simply copying it down on the radiogram message form you compo compose the message and then bring it to a, an NTS traffic net for relay throughout the system well that's pretty reasonable um, so uh, I understand that there's different levels of NTS here we have a local net and uh, I myself have been known to frequent some of the uh, some of the HF nets. Could you uh, probably expand on uh, the net structure in some way? Certainly, um, the national traffic system is uh, has got four primary levels: the local VHF nets. Primarily, they take place on VHF. Then there's a section net above that and a region net above that and at the top of the hierarchy is the area net and using the Dallas and uh, Texas area as an example we have the DFW Metroplex traffic net that's our local net we meet twice a day at 6:30 and 10:30 local time and then above the us we have several section nets we have the Texas CW net the Texas slow net the daytime Texas traffic net, the Texas traffic net, and the 7290 net. And the messages are funneled from the 
local nets up to the section nets, which are then brought to the region net, which in our case is region 5. And then from there it goes to the central area net. And there are three nets across the United States, the central area net, the uh, Pacific net, and the east coast net. And those nets transfer messages back and forth, and then the messages work their way back down through the hierarchy and are delivered primarily through a local net at the other end. Well, that, that's uh, pretty efficient. And actually, uh, at one point, I remember one particular net I was on, we... Uh, piece of traffic went on the net here at 6 o'clock and a reply came by the time the or 6.30 here a reply was on the 10.30 net that night and that particular message had gone to uh, New York and made its way back in about 4 hours even more so I've uh, put pieces of traffic on uh, some of the HF nets and got a response before the net was over so uh, they're pretty efficient about moving these things along. Okay, I've kind of drifted drifted off. I do that from time to time. Anybody who listens to us regular knows that I drift off subject from time to time. Uh, let's go ahead and dig back into that message form, the message uh, traffic went for a few minutes. Um, we talked about the radiogram, which brings to my mind... Uh, message formatting can you go ahead and uh, go ahead and expound on a uh, little in a little more depth how these messages are formatted well the mess again the messages follow a template and um, the template itself is quite easy once you get the hang of it there's nothing too secret about or uh, too hard about it there's a message number and uh, that's unique to each piece of traffic and then there's some information following that that informs the net manager or, or I should say the net control station the NCS um, what priority that traffic is and for all intents and purposes 99 percent of the traffic that we handle on a daily basis is uh, routine traffic because the other three priorities only exist really during um, times of emergency and we can cover those uh, a little bit more detail in a minute. Then there's a section to designate the handling instruction for the message and that basically is a piece of information that tells the receiving station who's actually going to be delivering the message any sort of special instructions for delivering it and that could range anywhere from a specific time and date on which to deliver it to whether or not the station who sent the net message would like to have a response back from the recipient or simply information on when it was delivered. Move along and there's um, the area for the station that's originating the traffic within the NTS to put their call sign and that's a housekeeping measure so that if there's ever a question about the content or the delivery instructions for the message, someone can get in touch with the station that brought that traffic to the national traffic system uh, for additional information or clarification. Move along after that to the count, which is a check to determine whether or not all of the information contained within the body of the message has been accurately and efficiently transmitted from one station to another. After that, we have the 
place of origin, that's usually the city and state where the person who's sending the message itself, not necessarily the originating station, but the person who's sending the, the message and whose name appears in the signature resides. And then finally the last two pieces of information in the preamble are the time which is seldom used again outside of emergency nets and the date and that's the date that the traffic was brought to the net. That's all important information to ensure that the message gets delivered um, from its origination to its destination in a timely and efficient manner and that's all the information in the preamble is basically only of relevance and important to the traffic handlers themselves. We move along to the next section which is the address area and that's where we start getting into the information that's pertinent to the recipient and the message itself. And there's two essential pieces of information in the address area and that is of course the name of the person to whom it's being delivered and it may sound a little strange given that we're talking about amateur radio here but the telephone number because a toll-free telephone call is the primary means by which we deliver a radiogram message to the recipient and without a telephone number it makes it a little difficult for the receiving traffic handler to get that message delivered to its intended um, recipient and then of course we also have um, provision to include the street address, the city, straight, state, and zip code whereby if all else fails we can put it in the mail and send it to them. And then we have the message itself which is primarily should be limited to 25 words and that again lends itself to the concept of making sure that the messages relayed efficiently and um, accurately because if the message gets too long it becomes a burden on the net, takes up a lot of net time and there's a lot more opportunity for errors to be uh, injected into the text. So we'd like to leave, limit it to 25 words and those are arranged on five lines of five words on a line. And again that's to aid in the efficiency of the message relay during a traffic net because you can quickly look at the arrangement of the words on the radiogram and calculate the number of words in the message and compare that with the check and ensure that you've understood the message as it's intended to be transmitted through the system correctly and haven't missed anything or haven't um, added anything that shouldn't be there. Finally we come to the signature, the fourth and final part of radiogram and that's simply the name and if applicable the title or the organization with which that person is affiliated and that should agree with the place of origin but not necessarily the originating station and that's the basic format of a radiogram and um, again the purpose of the template is to ensure that all the information is accurately and efficiently relayed yeah and that's the whole point uh, these guys have spent a lot of years getting this uh, getting this program down uh, all that information in the preamble makes it uh, chances better that it's going to get to the other end in its original form instead of it being a game of telephone like we used to play when we were kids you know uh, 
I can imagine some of the strange strange messages that would occur if we didn't have uh, some sort of checks and balances in there to to keep it uh, keep it close to what it was in the beginning. In fact, 99% of the messages, more than that, 99.9% of the messages get from one end to the other in the same exact form as they would. Other, uh, same exact form at uh, the end as they were at the beginning. Okay, I'm wondering again. Uh, okay then. So we've got this ability to pass messages and um, these guys out there doing it. Um, so how's the NTS come into play, say, in the case of an emergency um, a disaster, about um, uh, foul weather, or hurricane, or uh, uh, even an earthquake like out in California. Well, that's a good question. As I mentioned a little earlier, um, the national traffic system is one of two arms of the American Radio Relay League's um, public service communications organization. The other arm being the amateur radio emergency services and that organization is primarily concerned with the handling of tactical nets in an emergency such as getting logistics uh, uh, supplies from one point to another and things like that by contrast the national traffic system their primary purpose or our primary purpose is the handling of health and welfare messages and that is, you know, you're in an affected area, say one that's been hit by a hurricane, power's knocked out, you may have lost your house, you may be in a shelter, you may have even been injured and be in the hospital. And with health and welfare messages, we can send your health state or your lodging state, your welfare, if you will, to friends and family that you'd like to inform about your current situation. And we do that by dispatching um, a few traffic handlers, maybe to the shelter itself, set up a table, sit there and say, you know, if you'd like to send a message to your family to let them know how you are and where you are, we'll be happy to help you with that. And we take down the information. Hopefully they have um, the necessary contact information with them so that we can ensure it gets delivered to the appropriate person. And then we check into a net later in that day or perhaps even while we're sitting there and we start relaying that traffic through the national traffic system and send it on its way to the individual's family and let them know how they're doing. Yeah, health and welfare, that's, uh, that's going to be 99% of the job for NTS uh, should something break out like that. Uh, not only do I remember Katrina and Rita, which hadn't been that long ago, I also remember some of the nets we ran when they had that earthquake out in San Francisco that shut down the World Series of all things. It uh, was pretty hot and heavy at that time. Okay, so we, we, we got past uh, the lengthy question. <laughs> so... Can any amateur radio operator get a message into the national traffic system, or uh, how does that work? Certainly. There's no limitation whatsoever. There's no secret handshake. You don't have to be affiliated with any particular organization. All you have to do is 
have an interest in participating in the national traffic system and what you do is you can go to the ARRL website and they have a handy listing of all the nets that you can search a database and simply look in your area for either a VHF or an HF net that services your section or local area where you live and find out what frequency it takes place on and what time of day and then just come to the net and check in it'd be handy to have the net or I mean the message already formatted so you can also download um, the, uh, the radiogram message template from the ARRL fill it out and I might go ahead and take this opportunity to add you know some people have a little trepidation when it comes to traffic handling they don't wanna make a mistake or they don't wanna look foolish because they don't know exactly what they're doing but the national traffic system is here during non-emergency times to assist interested radio operators in becoming proficient with traffic origination and handling and so if you have no experience whatsoever in handling traffic I would encourage you to check into a net draft a message to a friend or family member even for a birthday greetings or something like that bring it to the net and learn how to pass this traffic because in a time of emergency people are going to the net managers and the net control stations are going to want to have experienced reliable traffic handlers who they can call upon to help originate or deliver health and welfare traffic and the only way you're going to gain that proficiency is through participation and so just bring the message to your local net and check in list the traffic and the net control station will take it from there they'll designate a liaison if that's applicable to take that message and then send it on its way through the NTS well you kinda of read my mind on that one because I was kinda of heading towards uh, what kind of training do you have to have you know nowadays uh, Air, even Aries and Racy's and some of the other uh, they're starting to require that you have a basic level of the amateur radio emergency communication course out of the ARRL or uh, uh, two or three of the uh, courses that are available over at the Federal Emergency Management Institute free of charge uh, squared away. And sounds to me, by what you were just saying, that the only real training there is for traffic handling is to get in there and do it. Well, um, that's true. The amateur radio emergency communications courses do offer um, information that would be useful to anyone interested in participating in the, with the national traffic system. However, that's not a requirement. There is no um, certification that recognizes an individual as having more or less training than somebody else. You know, most of those um, courses you mentioned, the ICS courses and the ERIC courses and, and such, those are primarily to provide served agencies with some degree of assurance that those amateur operators who participate in tactical nets know what they're doing and they can be relied upon. The national traffic system is pretty much self-educating and self-policing if you will we don't really police anyone but for lack of a better term I'll use that one 
in that we are a network of interested operators who simply help one another learn how to do it properly and again that's what we have our daily nets for in times of non-emergency it's not so much to transmit all of this traffic this routine traffic that we handle uh, for the fun of it it's to train people how to accurately and efficiently um, originate relay and deliver traffic so that's why we're here and we encourage anybody who's interested in the national traffic system to check into a net and help out yeah and in these days when everybody's concerned about this that and the other you know we had that big stink over the american red cross wanting people wanting to do uh credit checks on people of all things uh, people kind of nervous getting involved in anything uh, i'll say right now i try to stay impartial where these shows are concerned and uh, not come off being too pro or against anything however uh, I've been handling traffic for years and uh, was even the digital hub here in DFW for a while. And there are definitely a lot of advantages to having NTS around when things break out, which takes us to our next question, by the way. Uh, is NTS still needed? You know, in this age when we've got uh, the Internet, cell phones, uh, computers with Wi-Fi, Blackberries, uh, all this other stuff. Uh, do you feel that NTS is still a valuable asset? You know, Richard, many people pose that question, and um, some use it as fodder for arguments that the NTS is arcane and obsolete. Um, in my opinion, both of those interpretations are somewhat lacking in merit. Uh, Hurricane Katrina was an excellent example of this flawed logic. In the aftermath of that disaster, regular telephone service was down, the internet was down, cellular telephone system was overloaded to the brink of failure, and, and when it was available it was primarily utilized by first responders to communicate with one another because the other systems were down. So training and experienced radio operators were able to obtain the health and welfare information when it might otherwise not have been able to get out. It might have been delayed by hours, if not days. And so, no, I, I am a firm believer that the national traffic system still is very much uh, meritorious in what it does and hopefully will still be around for many years to come. Yeah, and adaptation where uh, the traffic system is concerned will be the key, and it is starting to uh, move that direction. Okay, Herman, well, we're getting real close to the end of the segment here. Uh, so this is about the time I ask is, do you have any other thoughts or uh, uh, things you might want to toss out there before we wrap things up concerning the national traffic system? No, I might. The only thing I might echo, I guess, is to reiterate that um, we're all part of the national traffic system. Each radio operator has, as part of their um, mandate, I guess, if you will, from the FCC, to be available and willing to help out in times of emergency. 
And for each of us, that participation varies and is a very personal thing. However, if you do have an interest in public service and emergency communications, and you don't want to deal with all the training and certification that goes into being an either an Aries or Aries participant nowadays, the national system, the national traffic system, is a viable alternative, and it really only takes a little investment on your time to find out where, when, and where your local nets meet, and to decide to participate. And that is just to check into a net. If you don't want to start out by bringing traffic to the net, just listen for a few days, um, be a part of the process, offer to take a message if it's going to go to your area and deliver it and you'll find that it's not hard to do it doesn't break your arm and it certainly doesn't um, impose upon any of your other activities it just takes a desire and a willingness to participate and a telephone and the ability to write it down remember it uh, you know some of us guys have been around a while even run a tape on when we're uh, listening to a net and I had one guy, a uh, former net manager, kind of think of it, uh, chew me up one side and down the other one night because I, I told him he needed to uh, run a tape when he was taking traffic. He said, you're not going to have a tape recorder with you in an emergency. Well, you know my deployment kit has a tape recorder and a handful of batteries and cassette tapes. So uh, that's it. You need to be able to get it. Written down, taken care of. Okay, Herman. Uh, there is way more we could dig into on this particular subject, but unfortunately it's more than we have time for in this particular episode. And uh, we're not to... I'm not trying to do how-tos on stuff. I'm just trying to get these guys a general overview, but I can see we're going to have to have a, uh, a part two of National Traffic System at some point. But thank you for joining us today here in the, here at Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, Herm. Well, you're very welcome, and I enjoyed it as well. And certainly, if you want to have a part two, feel free. Well, this would be about the time you go ahead and throw those uh, throw those uh, web page addresses out. Uh, try and make it quick because we're fixing to run out of time. Okay, well, I'll make it quick. The web address for our local net is www.dfwtrafficnet.org, and we meet daily at 6.30 on 146.88 and at 10.30 on 146.72. And we welcome any and all participants, and I hope to hear you on the air. Well, alrighty, and uh, once again, thank you to Herman. Uh, K5HYW, uh, DFW Net Manager, for bringing us some really good information on the national traffic system. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and move on to the next segment. Well, that pretty much wraps things up for Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast this week. Uh, once again, thank you all for downloading us this week, and y'all come back and see what we've got cooking next week. Uh, I'd like to remind those uh, who are looking to study for their license, those two URLs I gave earlier, I'll give them one more time. Uh, the first one is the ARRL, which is www 
www.arrl.net. Ah, uh, screwed up. www.arrl.org. O-R-G. A-R-R-L.org. The second is www.w5yi.org. And y'all can go on over and find test sessions and information on getting your license out. I'd like to hear uh, my listeners, all my listeners. I would like to hear comments, tips, and suggestions from y'all. You know, if there's ways we can improve this thing or... uh, you can get some tips and uh, and stuff in for some of those newer guys that need to know some things or just want to uh, say hi. Uh, I do answer every email, so y'all y'all go ahead and uh, sit down and bang one out for us one more time. You guys that are not inside the United States, we would really love to hear uh, how amateur radio is in your neck of the woods. So y'all get with me, and we'll try and make that happen okay y'all go over and stick your pins in the frapper map uh go on over to kb5jbv.blogspot.com i try to refrain from spelling everything but uh, if y'all are having trouble understanding uh, let me know uh, emails once again can go to kb5jbv at gmail.com kb5jbv at gmail.com and I look forward to all every one of those uh, when you get over to the uh, the page at blogspot if you don't find that frapper map up towards the top and I try and keep it up towards the top uh, you just scroll on down the page and you'll find it at the very least you'll find it down at the bottom of the page because I am able to keep it static down there so it doesn't roll completely off Also, if y'all have any uh, upcoming special events, operating activities, public service events, um, ham fest, anything like that that y'all want me to go ahead and make mention of here on Resident Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, you go ahead and ship that to me by email also. Same place, kb5jbv at gmail.com, gmail.com. And for those of you who uh, want to send in those audio uh, comments, uh, send them in. We'll get them on. We'll get them on the podcast. Uh, any audio is good audio. Y'all try and keep them less than five minutes, though. Uh, that way we can get uh, get more than one or two on at a time. Okay, with that, I think we've pretty much covered everything we can cover this week. Once again, thank y'all, and I hope to see y'all next week. Y'all watch out for the weather if you're down here in the south because it's been pretty rough. Uh, We've had more tornadoes down here uh, in the last couple months than we've had in 10 years. So with that, uh, you and your families all have a good week and 73.
that really fine for you. I'm saving for my rainy day. I've been working way too hard. Nine to five every day. Yeah, for you to be giving it. Yeah, just giving it all away. Oh, you found someone in need? See, that's not my problem. I think you should tell them to get out. Like me and get a job. Yeah, I've been paying my taxes. Working hard every day. Don't you dare. Don't giving it all away. Thank you. 